I like to tell people, it's like, what if, you know, a fairy tale that we'd grown up with started out with once upon a time, there was a young woman who said she wanted to be part of the royal family one day. She was the end, right? There's not much of a story there. There's no plot twists. There's no miracles. There's nothing interesting that happens. And a lot of times when we're listening to stories and we're you know learning about things in the world, the stuff that makes it fascinating and rich and harrowing, whether they're you know, made up fiction stories like a fairy tale or real life stories are those plot twists, the things that went differently than somebody would have originally written the script for or dreamed about. And, and, and I think we have been living a, of course, massive worldwide plot twist since uh, February and March of 2020. And it's not a plot twist any of us would written because of all of the challenges that it has brought. And um, at the same time for the challenges and the terrible things that have happened because of the pandemic, there have been things that have come out of it that have been extremely rich and meaningful as well. I'm Jen Barna, founder of Doc Working, and I would like to thank you on behalf of the entire Doc Working team. Doc Working's mission is to help physicians find balance between life and medicine by bringing dynamic coaches like Dr. Gabriella Dennery and Jill Farmer together to create programs like this. Dr. Gabriella Dennery is an innately gifted healer and teacher, and as a physician, practiced medicine in clinical and academic settings for years prior to becoming an ordained non-denominational minister and subsequently an exceptional physician coach. Gabriella draws on her broad experience and deep insights and is well known for her ability to lead physicians through transformations with tangible results. Jill Farmer was an Emmy award-winning TV journalist prior to gaining national recognition for her coaching especially well-known for her best-selling book on time and stress management, There's Not Enough Time and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves. Jill has worked with physicians across the United States as individuals and at institutions including Harvard, Washington University in St. Louis, Northwestern, and also for medical organizations such as the American College of Cardiology. Together, life coaches Gabriella and Jill make an extraordinary team and I'm excited to sit back and listen and learn as I hand this over to you, Gabriella. Absolutely. And so I, as you mentioned before, I, I was a practicing physician. I was an internist for many years in very busy uh, city clinics. And um, after uh, a bout with burnout, I, I made some serious changes in my life and I decided to step away. Um, I, I was pulled by my next love, which is music, and uh, my next love, which is ministry. And so all of these at this point in my life are coming together nicely. Along the way, I started training as a life coach, um, uh, which also brought uh, just really powerful conversations about healing and how to live your best life. And so I'm excited about working with physicians who are at a point in their lives where they're, they're ready to put themselves first, their well-being first, and they're excited about revamping their lives on a day-to-day -day basis and looking towards the future. Um, and, you know, what is the vision for the future? And yes, you can get there, absolutely. And I'm here to support that process. And so I'm absolutely excited to be part of the Doc Working team.
And Jill, start us off by telling a bit more about yourself and, and what brought you to oh, coaching. Oh, thank you. Well, it's, it's so fun to be working with both of you and Jen, uh, to be part of Jen's vision to give next generation and every working physician out there resources that weren't available to her and weren't available to you, Gabriella, as you were um, launching careers and then working uh, as as physicians. So it's really exciting to be part of something that I think is going to help make the practice of medicine more sustainable and help people reach their individual goals as, as human beings, um, it, both within their work settings and in blending into the rest of their life as well. So I have come to this work. I am not a physician and I never played one on TV. Uh, and I love coaching <laughs> physicians. And the the way that that came into being, I came to coaching because I was working full-time as a TV reporter and anchor and had been doing that for a number of years and uh, had was married and had two young children. And for years, um, I felt like we were living kind of in a fire hose. There was so much going on, so much to do, never enough time to do it. And finally, I made this decision that I thought was gonna fix all my problems. I was gonna quit my job in what many would have considered the height of my career as a, as a journalist. And then I was finally gonna be able to be the citizen of the world and mom and wife that I had wanted to be. And what I discovered about six months after I made that decision to just quit my job, which was gonna fix all my problems, is I um, woke up and I realized that same driving pressure of stress and there's not enough time and there's too much to do and not enough time to get it all done was still that drumbeat was still uh, pounding inside of me. And it was the first time it had dawned on me that part of one of the factors that played into this highly pressurized life and environment that I was living in uh, was my thinking and the way that I approached um, who wanted to show up. So that kind of awakening, it was kind of a rock bottom moment. I, I, I say that because it's, it was this moment of like, oh, I made this huge decision and gave up this career that was supposed to fix me and I'm still stressed out and overwhelmed. And it was an awakening at the same time of awareness that maybe there was a way that I could make some shifts in my thinking and in the way that I approached the world that would bring me um, a greater sense of, I still love being productive and achieving and doing things that matter, but doing it without the cost of having me feel so stressed and so tired. And so I um, began a journey of uh, training, originally just kind of for my own uh, mental health to learn more about how our brains work and how our brains react to stress and overwhelm and, and all those kinds of things. And that led me to, um, getting certification and then master certification in coaching. And mm -hmm. I, um, have been working always since the very beginning of my practice with physicians. Um, and do you want me to tell you the story of how that kind of worked out? It was a little bit of a, a fluke, how I first started coaching physicians. Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so I was asked by one of my early clients when I was first coaching just people one-on-one -on -one over kind of a broad issue of life coaching in general, and um, that happened to be a physician. 
And she and I were working a lot on time and stress management issues. And she said, I'm trying to share these ideas that we're working on together with my colleagues. And then they asked me these questions. And I don't know how to answer the questions. Would you come in and speak at our academic women's network at the teaching institution where she was um, a, a cardiologist? And I said, sure. Um, what do you want me to talk about? And she said, I want you to talk about this time stuff. And so I was putting together this talk and I named it somewhat provocatively, there's not enough time and other lies we tell ourselves, meaning not that we don't have a lot to do <laughs> and a finite amount of time to do it. I wasn't trying to be too mm -hmm. glib, but to begin to recognize that the story that we don't have enough time triggers um, some biochemical and um, other reactions in our body that don't end up actually serving us in the end. And so that was kind of the nature of the talk. And they told me to expect for the average panel or talk that they did for this, usually they had 15 to 30 people. And when I walked into the auditorium that morning, there were almost 200 people and there were hospitalists and there were admins and there were all kinds of people. And it was, and I'd been doing a lot of things in my coaching practice, trying to see how I could be of service with the um, the the things that I was learning and, and the way I wanted to support people. And this was the first time I was like, oh, these guys are all hurting um, and suffering from time and stress management issues. And maybe mm -hmm. um, the way that I have learned to walk on this and am learning always, um, I come to this work not because I'm a excellent time and stress management expert. You know, I, I joke, the Washington Post, I did some work with them a few years ago and they called me a time and stress management expert. And I was like, major imposter syndrome because I'm like, I'm actually pretty terrible at this naturally. This is all things I've had to learn to bring more peace and less suffering <laughs> to my own existence. And it's worked. And that's what I'm sharing with others. So that's how I first began. From there, my next time speaking was at the American College of Cardiology, because somebody who was in that audience said, I think we need to get this message out. So I don't and haven't worked for the last um, 12 years now exclusively with physicians. Uh, but they've always been uh, and, and, and healthcare in general has been a big part of the work that I do around time and stress management. And it's it's a group of people I just love working with. Mm -hmm. So what have been some of your, your, your results, do you think? I mean, once people start implementing the tools or physicians start implementing the tools that you teach them, uh, what are some of the feedback that you've gotten? Well, I, I, I'll give a short answer because I want to I want to ask you a little bit about this, too, because I, what I experience a lot of times in working with physicians is they're very used to having um, just from med school on and work schedules, everything is very predetermined for them. And sometimes they don't take the time to think about what they really want, what their vision is for um, how they want things to look in their life, other than I just wish it was different than what it is, <laughs> less busy, less stressful. And so I find one of the most rewarding things working with people is, is being able to say, you know, let's let, I'm going to, I really want to give you a permission slip to say what it is you want to do. And I know that's one of the areas where you really shine in supporting people is helping them get a vision for what they want their life to look like. So tell us a little bit about how that process works for you as you're working with people around that vision side working, of it, things. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And thank you for that. It, yes. I mean, 
the bottom line is have an idea of where you want to go. And yes, to give people permission to go ahead and do that, to give them a safe space where they can start imagining life again, uh, as opposed to just being lost in minutia. And it, it's very easy to do so, to get lost in the day-to-day minutia. I just need to get to this next thing and this next thing and, whoa, I don't have time. And it's like, no, as you pointed out, it really is a shift in mindset to be able to take a step back and start envisioning, imagining. And what I tell somebody who says, well, I don't know what my, my vision is. I don't know what life is going to look like in 10 years. I just want to get through to the next day or the next month or the next week. Then it's like, okay, so, you know, let, let's talk about what you're curious about, what, what, what you believe yourself to be good at and best at and feels good to you. And, and really to start opening the doors, kind of cracking that fence that, yes, you do have a vision. We just have to find it. Yes, you do uh, have a purpose. Uh, it's about reconnecting to it. What is, you know, what drove you through this path of medicine is what's going to that kind of courage and, and, and work ethic and, and uh, you know, speed of learning something is what's going to get you to, to the next step and to be able to provide a space where they believe they have a next step. And so that's the exciting part of the work. It can be challenging sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's, it's um, you know, people have to get to a point, they have to accept that, you know, um, if they're at that point, and that's where coaching, I think, is a great modality, they're at that point, it's like, there's something out there that's different for me. I'm not sure what that may be or what that looks like, but I know that what it, I'm living now is, 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 uh, is, is not good for me right in this moment anymore, that something has to shift. And it's okay. It's okay for it to shift. And it, that's the beauty of visioning. That's the beauty of, of reconnecting with values, what's most important to you. Those are important grounding work that will take you everywhere you want to go. And to have to, to take the time right up front to establish that foundation, to really have an idea of where you're going, but who you're about. You know, I know after med school and residency, I kind of lost track of who I was. Um, I had I had no idea. <laughs> I was just getting through the day and the next day and the next day. Uh, even as an attending, it it really took um, a lot of inner work to be able to say, you know what, I, I there there is life beyond what I'm living now, and to get to then say, okay, well I got to roll up my sleeves and do it. I can't just keep doing what I've been doing or thinking the way I've been thinking and expecting a different result. And so that to right. me is really the the mindset work, the the shift. Uh, in, in perspective work and all those circumstances may look the same today but if you think about it and look at it in a different way uh, life will change and that to me is what's exciting about anchoring helping somebody to anchor in what matters to them and envisioning something that may not be the typical doctor path it may be something else yeah so, well given your experience as an MD, I'm and, and you too, Jen, I'm curious to hear from both of you looking back on those years when it was so hard in, in those early years and there was so much to do and so many other things to balance. If you would have had doc working out there as a place to go and find resources, self-paced courses you could take to learn about things that you weren't learning or hadn't learned in med school or coaching, what kind of a difference do you think it would have made for you? And Jen, can you start? And then, and then I want to hear from you too, Gabrielle. I'm really curious about that. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the whole motivation for starting doc working was really that, um, 
that sensation of having learned everything the hard way and that there is an easier way to do all of these things. And by, um, by bringing physicians who have had creative approaches and have been successful, um, and then by bringing coaches who also have been successful at moving physicians through at a much more efficient way and having them um, reframe some of the issues that we commonly deal with, um, that would allow people to do things in a, in a, in a more efficient way than I did. I mean, I, I kind of um, just muddled my way through. And when Gabriella said, you know, uh, going day to day, I mean, that was really, that's the way I think a lot of us survive the, the training. And you just, you know, it's like your goal is just to get through that day. And um, that works. Um, and, but, but in the long run, suddenly you find yourself and, and you, you know, you're done with your training and, you know, you need to take a step back and say like, okay, you know, what about beyond today? Let's, let's, you know, think about that a little bit. And if you have um, the support to make a plan for that, then um, you can create your own unique vision and take the steps to get yourself there rather than kind of muddling through you know, in a, in a zigzag pattern that, that potentially wastes your time or, you know, maybe it maybe um, just doesn't get you to your destination as quickly as you could otherwise. So I think our goal is to, to help people figure out what they're trying to, to accomplish, whether, whether it is um, well-being, whether it is, you know, a, a life um, goal or a vision, uh, or whether it is something as simple as, you know, just getting on the path to um, sorting through your, your day-to-day -day life and, and making mm -hmm. it um, more enjoyable um, or, or working on relationships. Um, there are so many options and every single individual is different, but what we offer is, you know, a team to, to help everybody, each person um, craft their own vision and help them to reach that so i think mm -hmm. um gabriella what what are you do you find that a lot of the physicians both of you jill too the physicians that you guys have worked with are kind of sometimes coming from that type of um short-term survival mode um or, or are they often beyond that when they come to you it's a mix gabriella really you know Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, it's a mix. Uh, there are some that have started, and I think it depends also on where, what stage they are in their career, um, you know, what experiences they've had so far, and have gotten to that place of, hmm, you know, they, they, something's missing, or there's something else out there for me, and uh, they need support in that, in, in, in figuring out details of a plan, of, of what is the vision, what are they going to, what are the next steps, and how they're working towards that. And then there are those who, uh, yes, that are in that overwhelm, oh my God, I don't know what to do, but I still want to be a doctor, and I still love what I do, but this is an impossible situation. And so then that becomes more specific, you know, 
as Jill, you mentioned, and that's your specialty, time management, um, uh, how to, 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 to kind of reshift the thinking in terms of, uh, uh, yes, this is doable. Uh, delegate your life. We had, you know, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be talking, we've been talking about that for, for some of our recordings. It's like, you don't have to do everything. <laughs> all the time in every way it, it's like there's a delegate your life how are ways that you can uh, set up a support system i think for me what i would love to know uh, the most valuable asset i had as an attending which would have been great to have as a resident was a mentor and uh she was phenomenal she was actually a pediatrician who worked in the same clinic i did who burnt out as well but after about a year off she came back and she was probably, uh, oh my God, she was pissed at the world when she left. When she came back, it looks like she had grown angel's wings on the back <laughs> and just just having a good old time. And, and just, I was like, I want some of that. What did you do? What happened? And, and she, she really just sat me down and, and guided me through a lot of my rough spots in that moment. The, the anger towards the administration, the administrators, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. She says, look, no, 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 no. You are responsible for your happiness. N not the administrators, not, not the, <laughs> it, it, you. So for that physician that is at that point where they're realizing, yeah, I can be responsible for my happiness, my well-being, and I want to be, and, but I don't know how because now I'm, I'm, I need to shift out of a way of being and doing, and it, it's got to be different now, but I don't know how. So I think coaching becomes a very valuable tool in that respect, and I think that the tools that will be made available through that coaching will support that process. Yeah, Jill, I couldn't agree uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's all really, really good stuff. And I think, um, you know, we know from a lot of the emerging research around burnout that um, that when we're one of the big factors that relates to that is is high pressure and low agency. And sometimes, especially when yep. you're fairly new in your career, in a lot of careers, but particularly in medicine, like you're kind of doing what you're supposed to be doing in this defined way in terms of every minute of your day is kind of scheduled out in this in this process. And so helping people to um, find the the reconnect to where they do have some agency. So kind of back to your to your uh, to your question, um, I think, Jen, about like how to what do I see in terms of the, the things that are coming in from physicians and do I see or recognize the pattern that you experienced, which is this like, mm -hmm. you know, it was really effective to put your nose mm -hmm. to the grindstone and just sort of like push it out, grind it out, be almost superhuman compared to other people I work with in other <laughs> sectors in terms of the ability to have um, this, you know, fortitude and physical and emotional strength to kind of get through all the challenges of training it's harrowing and 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 noticing that that gets taken into the job and and that's a lot of the people that come to me i think we tend to to attract as coaches the people who are meant mm -hmm. to to connect with based on what we have to, to give them and a lot of people who come to me are um, in that state of overwhelm and they're just like oh and what i see happening often is a pattern is that nose to the grindstone um, tendency to do what needed to be done to get through that harrowing and grinding training gets kind of applied to all aspects of life and so that it can create yes. issues like in family situations it's like oh you know we know that you're used to having every minute of your day scheduled mom or dad but then when you come home and you have us scheduled every minute of the day or you're trying to have all of these lofty goals or we know 
that things like decision fatigue are real. And so if you're making really challenging decisions and discernment all day long, and then you're telling yourself you should be coming home and making all these kinds of decisions outside of the workplace, you know, our brains need to switch channels and we need to recharge our batteries. And, and so I do see some, a lot of the physicians that I'm working with are coming from that place of overwork, of um, kind of being used to being in that mode all the time. And so one of the things I like to help them think about is like to, so we, the life does not have to be, have your foot on the accelerator down all the time. And then on your weekends, you're trying to put the brakes down too, because that's going to burn your engine out. At some point we got to learn how to get our foot off the gas to think about um, still doing what matters to us and getting and achieving things. It's not like you just have to totally, you know, say, well, I'm, I can't do anything when I'm not working, but thinking and creatively within your life, how we can co-create um, an idea and a roadmap to, to have some space where um, there is some refueling time. There's some um, ability to, um, I just about sent my water bottle flying there. Um, there's some ability to, to have you know, there's really no such thing as pure work-life balance. I think sometimes people think that that's mm -hmm. something out there that other people are able to achieve, but there is healthier work-life synergy and connection yeah. and integration. And, and so having somebody else give you some outside perspective on that can be wildly helpful sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely, Jill. Going back to what you said, decision fatigue is certainly real, and we'll definitely talk more about that on future episodes. I love what you're describing about working together with a coach to co-create a roadmap, and that while there's no perfect work-life balance, there can be a healthier work-life synergy. And that's what leads us to the idea of building resilience as well. I like to tell people, it's like, what if, you know, a fairy tale that we'd grown up with started out with once upon a time, there was a young woman who said she wanted to be part of the royal family one day. She was the end, right? There's not much of a story there. There's no plot twists. There's no <laughs> miracles. There's nothing interesting that happens. And a lot of times when we're listening to stories and we're you know learning about things in the world, the stuff that makes it fascinating and rich and harrowing, whether they're you know, made up fiction stories like a fairy tale or real life stories are those plot twists, the things that went differently than somebody would have originally written the script for or dreamed about. And, and, and I think we have been living a, of course, massive worldwide plot twist since uh, February and March of 2020. And it's not a plot twist any of us would written because of all of the challenges that it has brought. And um, at the same time for the challenges and the terrible things that have happened because of the pandemic, there have been things that have come out of it that have been extremely rich and meaningful as well. And to me, learning um, how we can strengthen the muscle of resilience. We all have it within our body. It's like our biceps, but sometimes it's stronger on some people than it is on others. Um, learning how to strengthen resilience is really learning how to be able to um, uh, ride those plot twists, experience them, see that maybe even though it's not the direction we were intending or would have liked it to go, that there's, it might be taking us to a place that could deliver something of meaning. So that's kind of how I frame um, 
and, and like to think about resilience. And then I love um, brainstorming and talking to people about ways that then you can practically and tactically and tangibly strengthen that resilience muscle and think about what the benefits that it can bring in your life. So that's exciting to me to be able to think about how we can co-create some conversations and some, um, and some information sessions in a short, digestible, meaningful way for people who are still feeling a little gobsmacked by how massive the plot twist was um, that we all have experienced this year. So I'd love to hear what you um, think about that, Gabriella, and what your thoughts are on resilience. No, I think, you know, from as a, a physician, you know, once a doctor, always a doctor, that doesn't really change. <laughs> There's always that <laughs> that calling to serve and that calling to help and and uh, whatever the, the circumstances are. And I think that doctors as a whole, and I was looking this up as well, there is some research to 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 that compared kind of resilience scores if you will from physicians uh, compared to to the general population or whatever and so in general you're looking at a group of people healthcare workers in general and physicians uh, in that group uh, that are very resilient uh, to begin with uh, who have a capacity to make on-the-spot decisions uh, go from you know, point A to point B very, very quickly, who are thinking on their feet all the time, constantly adapting all the time, um, and which is very, very important. And then there's always that point where stressors are so high that it's just, there's a point as a, for every human being that it it stops. There's, there's a breaking point at some point. So resilience, as everything that you said, Jill, absolutely. And it's also about um, uh, reframing so that we can increase uh, our capacity to uh, not just deal with high stress because there's a certain amount that really sh it, no human being really should have to deal with that level mm -hmm. of stress mm -hmm. all the time, uh, but really to be able to make a little more wiggle room for self and to, to take a little more time for self and to replenish and re-energize. And that is still part of resilience. That is still part of growth and adaptability to a difficult challenge, difficult environment, and how to make that a little less difficult and, and, and turn it into something that says, okay, well, I'm growing and learning from this. And so that I think to me is from a, a kind of broader perspective, which is kind of where I might come from space a lot of times, is, is to really be able to increase uh, to help increase a person's capacity to just, you know, give themselves some breathing room. And to me, that is, is an integral part of resilience work. Yeah, I love that because that's, that's kind of, yeah. right, that's the plot twist, kind of making space for the, the thing to happen and then thinking about if, how do I, how am I able to be here in a more sustainable way, longer term. Um, as you right. said, I may have the superhuman ability to kind of barrel through um, in the midst of it. How do I think about this as a long term and, and make sure I nurture my resilience by giving it the space and kind of refueling myself so that it can be there um, um, for the next time it's going to be needed as well? Exactly. And, and speaking to well the said. humanity of physicians, I think is also. <laughs> You know, a, a key part of, of what you, you know, what you said, uh, because um, I think sometimes you can, physicians can get caught up in uh, sort of the expectation that they are going to, um, 
that they're going to perform in some sort of a way that's a little bit, um, you know, a little bit beyond the expectation maybe that that we have for other people in other careers. And so sometimes just to take a step back and, you know, be allowed to just recognize the humanity in yourself and um, and appreciate that side of yourself and um, and begin to um, begin to find ways to to value that and put that side of yourself into a place of importance um, outside of, of just your career. I, I think that's an, another you know major major factor that that people often are looking for from what I understand. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, great point. And it, and it doesn't take point. away. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, and, and it adds to, I think, a person's ability to serve and to be in service because if you're being able to serve from a, a healthy place, a grounded place, a place where you recognize your own humanity and your own strengths and even weaknesses as well, and being, being okay with that and being in acceptance of that, I think it's a very powerful place to be when uh, moving into a, a, a life of a call as a physician from you know a place of humanity and 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 love and compassion and passion and at the same time uh, a certain level of vulnerability <laughs> uh, adds to strength and it is it's uh, it's quite a powerful thing and a beautiful thing. And I love that, um, Gabriella. We we had the privilege of uh, hearing a success story um, on another epi podcast episode. And I'm, I'm really also interested in hearing a success story from you, Jill, about a, a recent coaching or just a, a coaching experience with physicians. Um, if you if you don't mind telling us just about a, a particular story that might come to mind. Yeah, and I'll share this um, only because this person has has shared it at a public forum as well. So I know that they uh, they don't mind me um, sharing the information. But I was working with somebody who uh, was a, a very um, uh, just extremely, um, successful and a strong surgeon in a major medical center, a teaching institution. And it had sort of come to the time of their career, um, where they felt like it was time to apply for academic promotion and, you know, kids at home, like other life things happening. And it just always seemed like it got put on the back burner. And there was just, a, you know, when looking at the calendar, there really isn't space to do this, but I really want to do it, but I feel this pressure and I keep putting it off. And so um, that was the conundrum that they came to me with. And so we mapped out, um, kind of helped, I helped from an, an outside lens perspective, co-strategize ways that without having, because it felt like there was this sort of, um, situation where something I was getting the the client felt like they were really gonna have to give up something important that really mattered to them in order mm. to reach this other goal. And so what we did is worked within the 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 time and space available in their life. We looked at ways that maybe there was some um some inefficiencies in a way of that was that had been around for a while that was draining energy but not really delivering anything meaningful. Adjusted that broke things down into a, a ridiculously easy roadmap that was very doable. And after five years or so of saying, oh, I think this is my year, I'm going to actually try to do this, they went for it and they got it. 
And so it was just, um, and you know, I wasn't the one who had the achievement, who had the, the body of work, who had done the incredible, um, the incredible hard work to, to earn the promotion by any means, but, but it was just that partnering with somebody from the outside who could look at things with a fresh eye to help roadmap that out. And so that was a really uh, meaningful and positive experience, uh, I think for both of us, and I really enjoyed it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for being here today and for telling your stories and, and talking with us to give us a, an overview of, of you know, your experience and what you're bringing to doc working. We are absolutely thrilled to have you both here. Um, it's such a privilege to work with both of you. And I look forward to many more podcasts um, with many interesting guests uh, with both of you. Thank you so much. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Heron. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Our Instagram is docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story to tell, please reach out to Jen at jen at docworking.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.